are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, thank you for a wonderful day, God's people at North Valley. We had a morning Sunday school today. My class, we meet out here in the tent. We've used all of our buildings on both properties uh, today. And uh, then we had evening, the morning service and the evening Sunday school at 5.15. Heard a great crowd of ladies were up in the ch- college chapel praying for our America, praying for these people that are here tonight and praying that God would restore this country back to himself. And I, I hope you know that I'm so very thankful, ladies, that you would uh, be willing to pray and seek the throne of grace. It's been a wonderful uh, COVID now. We're 232 days in it. And yet there's never been a day where we have not seen people on the steps all hours of the day and at night praying over at the Christian school or our school at the other property, mothers praying throughout the day. That God would open up our nation again. 232 days, who'd ever think that when we began the year, we'd be closed down. This has never happened. I've been here pastor 45 years. It's never been happening one time in America's history. We have never closed the church for anything for a week, let alone now 34 Sundays. And it has to come to a stop. I'm happy to report to our guests that are here tonight. We really have not heard of any COVID in our church in all 34 years, 34 weeks. We have not heard of any COVID for the last about two months in our church. Thousands of people. We've not had one member hospitalized. Not one hospitalized. We've not had one death with COVID. We've had many deaths in our church in the last 34 weeks, it's very sorrowful to see those deaths and hear about those deaths. And many of them, for the first time in my ministry, they died alone. Their pastor, I've not been allowed in one hospital for 34 weeks. Weddings have been postponed or just a handful of people coming. Brides that have waited a lifetime for a wedding. Nursing home people, my own father-in-law, Illinois, pastor of the same church, 57 years, was not allowed one person to see him until June 28th, the day he died alone in a nursing home. That is not right. Our schools are shut down. It's wrong. Children, I am, I'm working on the other end of this I've told, uh, very polite, very kind, uh, through various sources, Sarah Cody this, our health director, that the opposite is taking place. Alcoholism is out of control. Suicide is out of control. Domestic violence is out of control. Drugs is out of control. The root for every problem is Jesus Christ. We need, we need to put Christ back into the life. America's a great nation. 
but we are a trichotomist. We are tripart man. My Bible says we're by body, soul, which is mind and spirit. There's a physiological part of us, body. Thank God for health directors that are trying to keep us healthy and medicines and all these things. But you're also responsible. If you're sick, stay home. Just like we did with the measles and chicken pox and SARS and all the other. Do not spread it to others. But we're body, we're soul, we're mind. We, we, we are mental. We deal with the mind. And we're spirit, we're spirituality. But whenever the mind is in control or whenever the body is control, we get man out of control. The first area that God dealt with us was spirit. We are spiritual people. That needs to stay in place. I want to remind our new folks coming to office and hopefully by Tuesday night you'll know it. And I hope, I don't know how can all of you can win, but there's going to be great happiness in some of your homes. And we're so happy for you. But I want to remind you in the city of Santa Clara, for 45 years, this church has been here. Miss Treber and I have been here. There was never a Tuesday night up until the last many years, 10 or so, that at city council, I was there so often those first 35 years, we always opened with prayer. Every Tuesday night at city council, it was every week. It wasn't bi-monthly. It was every week there was a city council meeting. There was prayer. There was never a park open in this city for the first 35 years of my ministry that I did not have prayer. It wasn't a printed prayer, a written prayer. It was a prayer from my heart. The soccer fields, I can recall praying there. I can recall opening up Lick Mill Park, Thamian Park, the Ant Park, Rivermark Park, the police station, the firehouses. Everything was always with prayer around here. But now we have excluded that. Eulistic Park. I had prayer there, I'll never forget, a mayor was sitting by me, and I said, well, when will the park be finished? Shows you how naive I am. And uh, they said, it's finished. I said, there's nothing but weeds here. They said, that's what we did. We planted the weeds that were here like hundreds of years ago. I said, man, I'm praying over weeds. You have got to be kidding me. They laughed at me. The only park I did not pray at, and they asked me to open up the dog park. I don't know how you pray for a dog park. So I sent a staff member, said, you go pray for the dog park and that'll be okay. Santa Clara has been good to this church. They have been very kind when Lafayette did not have one stoplight from Central all the way down to 237. None of those were there. The city came and said, Pastor, where do you want the first one? Well, I said, I think I'd like it on Clyde Avenue. And so they put the park, the stoplight on Clyde Avenue in Lafayette. The second one, they said, where would you like it? I said, well, I'm not the only one, but many of our members, I live on Lori Avenue. How about there? I guess it was selfishness. That was where they second, put the second. The city's been very good to this church. They gave us a key to the gymnasium. For years, it was our gymnasium, but it was city-owned. 
They gave us Cabrillo School, and for two years we met there. My office was there. Our school was there. Our Sunday school was there. Our bus ministry was there. For 15 years where now the stadium is, we parked our buses for free there on city property. We have over 1.5 million people have ridden the buses to come to this church. It's been an amazing thing to see. But I hope that we understand that this city needs this church and churches just like this. The city came into my office about four years ago. They said, we want to develop the park next door. What would you like to see? I said, the most important thing in that park is to put around a, a fence around that entire public school. Anybody can walk onto that campus and harm children at any time. I'm so very grateful through the shutdown, there is now, not only on this school, but most of our schools in this city, a complete fence all the way around the city schools in Santa Clara. And to the city council, I commend you and the mayor for that. It's so very important. We need to get back to church. I'll be preaching. Our people will be sitting out here during the winter. We have more tents coming. We're not allowed to put up more than one side. It will be cold. It's been hot out here through the summer. We need the church back open. I need to get back to the hospitals, the rest homes. I have people in rest homes all over this area. I've not been able to say hello to them for 34 weeks. We're not allowed in. Those people cannot be living alone and in sadness. We've got a little girl tonight in the hospital. They moved her from Kaiser yesterday to another hospital. She rode our buses so many years ago. Her sister is one of our graduates of our high school and college. She married a preacher. She's 20 years of age. She's been studying nursing. And Andrea, as a 17, 16, 17-year-old, fought cancer and won the battle with cancer. But two months ago, as she entered into Kaiser Hospital, because of diabetes, her arms began to get black, her hands, her fingers, and it moved up. About six weeks ago, they removed both arms of Andrea. A 20-year-old girl not able to have her pastor pray with her. Mothers and dads that have been living on the parking lots of this, and our church has brought them food every single day. Friday, the doctors announced on Thursday, you'll be going in for more surgery. Her legs were both removed on Thursday, Friday, from the knees down. She now has no arms and no legs. They transported her yesterday because there is a burn infection on her body for skin grafting in another hospital. Tonight, she needs a mother in her room and she needs a pastor in her room. And she's alone as a 20-year-old kid. I personally do not know one person that's died nationwide from COVID. I'm not saying there's not COVID. I don't know about the number 230,000. Because to die from COVID and die from other diseases is not true. If I have a heart attack and I have COVID, I did not die from COVID. I died from a heart attack. 
We have every hospital represented in this county, in this church, I, I believe almost every hospital. Most of the beds are empty tonight, and we hear things, and for lay people, we are so troubled. It doesn't add up. And I want you to know that we will be safe and move in that building, and we've done it safe. But my constitution that I have before me says this, And I quote from the Constitution, I keep everywhere, I read from it every week in my office, in my house. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, nor abridging. We don't use that word abridging means, it means to diminish or lessen. Congress who makes the laws, Supreme Court does not make the laws. They cannot prohibit the abridging. They cannot lessen. They cannot reduce. They cannot diminish, diminish the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. We are assembling. and We're grateful to be out here. We're loving it. But we're paying $100,000 a month on the mortgage on that building. We want to go back in. There are 3,000 seats in there, and we are very excited to get back in. I pray that you might, as politicians, realize that we have been endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Those rights cannot be taken away. The city needs the church. America needs the church. I pray that we'll see this tonight. I'm going to be brief tonight. If you can, all of our members, find the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter number four tonight. It's page number 923 in the Bible that I have. I don't know what page it is in your Bible. I believe this might be one of the shortest messages I've ever preached. So you've given us an entire evening, delegates and politicians. We... I, I, there's no way I can ever express to you how grateful we are. You have honored us. And you say, well, there, somebody might be watching online. There are literally tens of thousands of people watching. You say, well, they're there for their votes. Well, duh. That's what they're trying to get, votes. I admire them that they'd want to go to a church to find votes. That's a good thing. I mean, we're not the enemy, and they're not the enemy. So we, we are just, I salute you, I commend you. I hope, win or lose, I hope you can take me to lunch at government expense. I hope I could get a couple, I hope you can come by my office. Really, you're welcome at any time. I'd like to just introduce myself to you and thank you. And I'd like to have a word of prayer with you. I'm not trying to have you come to this church, there would be worse things in this life, but we're just, we're just so privileged to have you. Tonight in closing, I want to remind us that America needs God. I, uh, I want to speak on that for just a few minutes. My wife asked me after the morning service this morning, what are you preaching tonight? I said, I'm going to be preaching from Jeremiah 42. And I'm so ready for that message. 
but it's too long a message. I can't get it in. And about five o'clock in my study tonight, I was just praying for this evening. And the Lord directed my attention to this text. And so you'll be glad to know I don't have notes on the message. That could be good or it could be bad. It could be bad if I don't feel like I'm connecting. Then a preacher always thinks he can talk his way or preach his way out of it. You normally can't. And so I'll try to keep it brief and keep it going tonight. America tonight, and I believe all these great candidates have said something about it. We're at a crossroads. We have seen this many times in our country. I've lived through 13 different presidents. And some of them we would think that this is the very last one. And I want you to know whoever gets into the position of presidency or Congress or whatever it might be, we have a duty according to the Word of God to love and respect and pray for our authorities. And I promise you we'll do that. I have tonight on my prayer journal I have President Trump and his wife and every one of their children. But I also have President Obama and his wife and his two girls. Because though he's no longer our president, he was our president. And I have President Bush and his wife and his girls. And I can go back to the living presidents that are living today. Jimmy Carter's on there. Bill Clinton's on there. I, I just believe that we have a responsibility to state a position. But we also have a responsibility, as God said, was questioned. They said, what is the great commandment? And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. This is the first commandment. The second is like unto first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And tonight, come what may on Tuesday night, we don't need to burn a building down. We don't need to protest and we don't need to set fire on anything and destroy buildings and loot buildings. We have a responsibility to say God gave us the election and blessed be the name of the Lord. America is at a crossroads. We are decaying from within. This is exactly what was happening with the children of Israel in Hosea chapter number four. Here, I want you to see their rebellion Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. And may it be said of our nation, and I know that every state is watching right now, may, not, may God not have to say, I have a problem with North Carolina and with Kentucky and with California and Nevada and the Dakotas and Wisconsin and Illinois. May God not have to say that, but I'm afraid that tonight he has to because he begins to give the rebellion of these people and it's so much like we see in the moment we live today. God was upset. God had a controversy with the people because he said, one, there's no truth. There's no truth. When did God would come back and be people the truth? There's news on this side and there's news on this side. And which one do you believe? The one stands up and says this and the one stands up. And it's not just in politics. It's in the church and the house of God as well. How sad it is. There's no truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, 
the truth, the truth is founded in Christ. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, I have a problem because you're not telling the truth. In elementary chapel with the children, we sang for all these 44 years we've had the school, tell the truth, never tell a lie. Oh, tell the truth to the day you die. We need to learn to tell the truth at home. Husbands to wives and wives to husbands and children to parents and parents to children, to our neighbors, to our, our IRS payments, everything. We always need to tell the truth. I have a stack, I have a stack of of ballots that have been delivered here. I don't know why they do this. People that have not been in this church for years and years and years and years and years. And they developed them. You know, if I wanted to tonight, I could take those ballots, it'd be illegal. I could take those ballots and vote the way I want to vote. And God forbid if you're in another state where we have these harvested ballots, that are not truthful ballots to dead people, are people that know. We called all those people and said, we have a ballot here. Are you registered in the state where you live? And every single one said, I am already registered. I'm holding on those ballots. I'm gonna shred them all tomorrow in my office. What a tragedy. That's not truth. That is lying. And if you have received at your home more than one ballot, you are telling a lie if you vote twice with your ballots that you have. Tell the truth. God said, I have a controversy with you. There's no truth. There's no mercy. Mercy is pity. How can we last week run down a police officer in the street, a sweet little woman, a sweet lady, a sweet police officer, and just run her down because we didn't like what she was representing that as law and order. Dr. Lonnie Mattingly, our dear preacher friends, preached in this country for so many years. His son was the one shot as a police officer in Kentucky, as a police officer. What a young man, what a sorrowful thing, shot because he's trying to protect and try to care for something. There's no mercy, there's no pity. We can hurt people. We can blaspheme against people, we, against God and people. Uh, we, can, we can lie about people. God says, I want there to be mercy. I want there to be truth. And God says, I'm against you because there's no knowledge of God in the land. There's no knowledge of God. I was in the school, school system here. When in junior high they said the Bible is not allowed in 1962 in our schools anymore in the, in the United States. In 63 when they said you cannot pray. But I remember the day John F. Kennedy was shot and our principal came into our high school and said these words. Our president was just shot in Dallas. I'm asking every class public school I'm asking every class and every teacher before we dismiss school for the day to bow your head and pray for our president's family, for America, public school, United States of America in this area. We've got rid of God in our school. We've got rid of God in prayer in our schools. How are we doing in our schools? What a day it is that we think that 
There's no knowledge of God. God. God doesn't exist. You can't have God. You can't mix God and politics. Wait a minute. The Danville Baptists in Connecticut, one of our founding fathers, the third president, they said that, Danville Baptist said that, they said uh, you, have to, you have to submit to government. It's not we the people, you submit to government. They said, no, we're gonna submit to God. And they lost the case and he coined a phrase, separation of church and state. And it means, read it for yourself. It means the government stays out of the church but the church does not stay out of government. We are citizens, we are residents, we are people. We the people. No knowledge of God. Santa Clara needs God. We need God today more than our churches are shut down. They're swearing both from the Republicans and the Democrats. They're swearing, even in churches, they're swearing. A lady was confirmed to the Supreme Court a week or two ago, whatever it was. One of our senators from Hawaii voted by saying H-E-L-L, -L, no. That is a sacred room, lady. We don't need swearing there. Two years ago, I stood in that same room. I stood on the other side, I'm not in the Senate side, I stood in the House of Representatives. I went to that podium where the President speaks and the Speaker of the House behind him. I bowed my head and prayed for Congress that day as they opened Congress. That room is not, that has not been established for swearing. The White House has not been established for swearing. The Supreme Court has not been established for swearing. And I want to say today, God said, I'm upset because you're swearing, you're lying, you're killing, you're stealing, you're committing adultery, you're breaking out, and blood touches blood. You don't even have any sacred life toward one another. You hurt one another. He said, I tell you, you are a rebellious people. Verse six, my people destroyed. We're destroying ourselves. We're gonna to have to look up. If my people which are called by my name, God says, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven. My daily prayer is that COVID would dry up. I don't want another person to get it. I know it's a real, a real pestilence disease. And according to the Bible, God's word says as we're nearing the second coming of Jesus Christ, he said one of the great problems will be there'll be multiple earthquakes and families will be divided and will have disregard for child for life and parents and children will fight against one another and there'll be pestilence and pestilence is a virus. The word pestilence that deals with virus and God said it's gonna be one after another. There's coming another one but we cannot close down our schools. We cannot close down our hospitals. We cannot close down. I have a member waiting for a transplant right now, can't get it. Hasn't been able to come to church a result too weak. He's watching tonight. He's younger than I am, needs a transplant. It's all on hold. We've got to get this thing moving again. 
We have to be safe. We have to show respect. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that if we could turn up, God could dry it tonight. God could finish it off tonight. God is able, but we haven't humbled ourselves before him. I see there's rebellion. Let me do my best to try to wrap it up. I see in chapter 8, as you turn there, they reject God. Chapter 8, verse 4, Israel shall cry unto me, My God, we know thee. Israel hath cast, cast off that which is good, and the enemy shall pursue them. They said, we're okay with you, God. But he said, you're not okay. You've cast me off. Our America is such a great country. We landed here in 1620, Plymouth Rock. They bowed their knee in prayer. They settled their farms and houses and built their houses. And the first buildings they built were a place of worship. And then it became a place of school. They said, now that we've established our worship, we've established our houses, we need to train and educate our children, our young men. They began a school in 1638, 18 years after they landed here. A Bible college. The first college in America was a Bible college. Their purpose was to train preachers. That's why in the 1700s, for 70 years, 52% of all graduates became preachers. What was the school's name? It's an Ivy League school called Harvard. Harvard was established, you can read it for yourself, as a Bible college. But in 1701, the Christians in New England got upset with Harvard because they said, though you started and began in 1638, you have now corrupted. Can you imagine that? And they said, we need to start another school as they started the second Bible college, and I've been on that campus, called Yale University. Oh, but then it began to corrupt, and the Presbyterians said, well, we're going to start a college, and they called that Princeton. And Princeton began to corrupt, and the Baptists said, well, we're going to start another Ivy League school, and it's called Brown University. And if you look at the Bible colleges, they, uh, at the, uh, the Ivy League schools, they are all rooted in Christianity. In their tenets, it says you must read your Bible twice a day. You must evangelize the Indians that live here within these states and in this area. But we have forgotten God. Our stadiums, and I know not right now, but generally our stadiums are filled on Sunday. Our beaches are filled with people on Sunday. Our mountains are filled with people. Our lakes are filled with people. Our shopping centers are filled with people. And I'm thankful that this place is packed every single week for 45 years everywhere we meet. But our churches are closing down all over America. All over America. And the moment we need churches the most before, before COVID, before COVID, we were closing over 40 churches a, day, a week in America. We don't need less church. We need more of God. They reject God in this. And he said, they set up kings not by me. Verse 4. They don't even ask my advice. I'll take you back to chapter number 6 and we close. 
So we see the rebellion of the people of God and the rejection of God. But God says, here's the answer. Chapter 6, verse 1, come, let us return unto the Lord. He will heal us. He will heal us. As you dear folks begin to win these offices, I want to remind you this beautiful fall night, whether you believe it or not, whether our members believe it or not, three times the Supreme Court has ruled that this is a Christian nation. That's why our coins and currencies say, in God we trust. We do trust Him. But I want to try to ask you, I plead with you, whatever office you hold, keep communism out. We've had many people, a man at prayer last night was from a communist country. He said, because I was a Christian in that country under Ceausescu in Romania, they would beat us repeatedly because we were Christians. Christians are being imprisoned and persecuted and given their lives in China tonight in the Middle East. Do you realize that communism does not say we the people because they don't believe in individual liberty. They don't believe in prayer. They do not believe in God. That's their tenets. Communism does not believe that man is responsible for his life. They believe government is responsible. Socialism began. Let me back up to Marxism. Marxism began and Karl Marx said, my goal is to destroy capitalism. Well, if you want Marxism in this country, we don't want it. You can go to another country. Marx, Karl Marx began to study socialism. He was a radical. He became a journalist. Almost every single organization that is a radical organization began as journalists. Karl Marx did. He died at age 64, diseased with liver disease because of the alcohol and the tobacco and all the lifestyle boils all over his body. He doesn't believe that man has a voice. Marxism says you don't have a voice. Communism says you don't have a voice. Socialism began as shared ownership. Communism just means commune. We commune, we're, we're one. But that means government's in control. Government, that's why America was so different. Government was not in control. It was we, the people, put government in control. Socialism is so dangerous. We have so many in this country that now believe that it is the way to go, but it hasn't worked in Venezuela or any country you ever can see socialism. Mussolini began fascism. He too was a journalist. He hated his father. All these had, had hatred toward their fathers. Many of their mothers were very religious. Mussolini's mother was religious. 
But under fascism, he slaughtered so many millions of people. But the people rose up during World War II in April of 1945. They shot he and his mistress. And so that the public and the world could see it, they hung him upside down so that the world could see that Mussolini is dead. Mao Zedong, and in my lifetime, he introduced the Great Leap Forward 1958 to 1962. He shut down the farms. I have a hard time with people in this state that shut our farms down. It's a great ag agriculture state, and they've cut off water. He shut the farms off, and in four years, the water off the farmers, and in four years, Four years, 25 million people died. Excuse me, 45 million people died starvation. Under Mao Zedong, he murdered and slaughtered over 80 million people. Friend, I want to say to our people tonight, the church family, you and I, forget about politicians coming back to God. You and I need to come back to God. You and I need to know what it is to pray for these that are in authority. Can you imagine the pull? I was with one of our congressmen in his office in D.C. Can you imagine the huge pull that's on his life from this way and this way? Can you imagine the government that's trying to do their best and people want this and people want this and the demands that are upon their life? And yet when people like this have come to be with us tonight, they have so blessed us with their presence because tonight they recognize that they want to be around God's people. Whatever happens Tuesday, I promise you, you'll have friends at the North Valley Baptist Church. You may not win this election, but God just may use it to get you ready for the next election. You have something in your heart about serving people. That's what was missing with the children of Israel. They had no pity. They had no mercy. You apparently have that. And I commend you for it. But we're sending you, whether it is to Washington or Sacramento or Santa Clara, To realize there is a church that not only cares for you, but you have a heavy responsibility to keep this nation free as one nation under God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.